Because ah, oh, it's horrible. It's such a bad game. I saw worse though. I feel like I I, I know I, I mentioned <laughs> to you like, like obviously we don't want to go too explicit or anything here, but that that was part of the loss of control of of the publishing is that you know one of the things is I think you had some X rated games that came out, but I saw one that was kind of on the border of all that that was called Beat 'Em and Eat 'Em. And oh god, dude, it was horrible. <laughs> Beat them and eat them. Did you see that one? Check out my mug, dude. Nice. Yeah. What's it say on it? It doesn't say anything. It's a... Jeez. It's like a sophisticated reindeer. It was You've kind of been researching some way there. too much, man. <laughs> if I'm showing you a picture and you're seeing letters, <laughs> something's gone. Damn. That's called dyslexia. Uh, hello, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know no, where it's I an live. elk with a hipster sweater and a you know hipster shirt, and he's got some chill glasses and a coffee, and he's just. He's just chilling, dude. He's a chill elk, yeah. Yeah, man. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You got some good coffee going there? You betcha. How you doing? Okay. Doing pretty good, man. I, I, uh, I've i actually been a little under the weather, like kind of fighting off a stomach bug of sorts. Uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm hanging in there. Well, I hope you feel better. Yeah. Our listeners don't care. They probably don't <laughs> care. They're a bunch of savages. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they also care. You're the tough Man, yeah, I hope you hoping you feel better. Uh thanks for thanks for uh coming up for this episode, even though you're a little under the weather. It's good to see you again. Nice hat. Looks like a little uh is that a pig on a longboard surfing? <laughs> yeah. Wave hog, son. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> Wave hog, I love it. <laughs> Always dropping in on people. Yes. <laughs> God, the worst kind of human. Those are like <laughs> wave hogs or drop people that drop in on you while surfing are basically, uh, you know, the equivalent of um, a camper or something like that in war zone or something. Yeah, they are you know kind of I mean? hated. Kind of the same vibe. You know, in my surfing career, it was always like I, I was pretty much just out of control, so it was an unintentional drop in. But like, if I was in the right place, it was probably only going to be once that day. So I, I pretty much went. You, know? <laughs> like, you got to get your waves in too. You know, if you're paddling out, you want to get it. You want to. You want to. Well, the paddle out's always good, but you want to get a wave. Yeah, yeah. Those are few and far between for me. So yeah, yeah. De- but you know, I definitely tried to be respectful and that kind of thing. But. Uh, um, but yeah. Well, you've always got a classy hat on, Chuck Tomahawk. Yeah, yeah. So, how are things going over your way, man? No, uh, I, I, I thought I saw a hurricane. No storm. Hurricane there, coming up the. Oh, don't say that. I'll, I'll check after the podcast. I hope not. But yeah, we've been getting some rains and some storms. A little. Uh, we got a little sideswipe from a hurricane last weekend. I think it was. Yeah, I think so. Last weekend or the weekend before. Uh, what was it? Hurricane K came through and gave us a nice little uh, shaking up everything's fine though thank you for asking all good down here yeah yeah well shoot man hey uh let, let's let's knock this introduction out and we'll, we'll uh we'll do some catching up here I oh, yeah. to to you, sounds Drake. good to me 
All right. Well, we want to welcome gamers, non-gamers, PVEers, and PVPers, and even NPCs. That's right. Yeah, we don't discriminate here at the New Wave Gaming Podcast. And uh, I'm Chuck Tomahawk. And, and I'm, I'm Ovox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> I got this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> no, the first time I've thrown that off to you there. I, I'm used to coming in in that part. So, yeah, yeah, I'm Chuck Tomahawk. I'm uh, here uh, kind of going to walk us through uh, a really interesting episode, uh, something that's came up in a bunch of... Uh, bunch of other research for us so uh, i i hope uh, folks are ready we've got a good one on tap for you here uh, yeah man i feel like this topic has just been like sitting there and a lot of our discussions we've had poking at our you know just poking at us going like hey hey because it keeps coming up yeah it keeps coming up in uh multiple episodes and it just seems like it needed to be discussed yeah. In a Chuck T and Ovox type of way. Yeah, and um, yeah, what we're talking about here, folks, is the video game crash of 1983. Yeah, I saw in an article or two people referring to it uh, as the North American gaming crash of or game crash of 1983. Mm-hmm. You know, in a yeah. in some places. But, yeah. I mean, we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. It almost seemed like like a lot of the immediate effects were were definitely in North America, and then maybe uh, you know some of the after effects. That, that Seems like North America definitely caused it. <laughs> you know? It definitely happened there, man. That's where all the meat and potatoes went down. Yeah, so we kind of want to get into that, and um, you know, look at uh, sort of what did cause cause this, and maybe some lessons that can be learned from it, and uh, sort of what some of the repercussions are that. Uh, that we're still dealing with today, but uh, can see? Do we, do we have any sort of housekeeping we got to do as far as like corrections? Well, yeah, we. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna fr- I'm gonna frame those corrections in the best way possible because I don't remember exactly where I may have made a a, a boo boo or two. But before that, um, Chuck, where can uh, where can the listeners reach out to us if they want to send us some some uh, some love, send us some recommendations, ideas, maybe um, if they want to. Uh, Help get the podcast out there to more listeners. Yeah, that would be it. Ovox and Chuck at gmail.com. And that's O V O X A N D C H U K at gmail.com. Uh, we're always open to hear ideas, uh, you know, episode ideas, of course, um, discussion topics, anything like that. You want to just reach out and say, what up? We'd yeah. love to hear from you. Yeah. For sure. We've yeah. also got a Facebook page. It's um, it's facebook.com forward slash new wave gaming podcast. Uh, that for, forward slash new wave gaming podcast, all one word. You can check out our Facebook page. We share a bunch of like memes and cool pictures of gaming stuff and nerdy stuff. And you can always reach out to us there too or drop a like on the page. We'd love it. Yeah. yeah. I think the most helpful thing, uh, dear listeners, fellow gamers... Uh, if you know, go to your podcast listening app of of uh, choice, the, your favorite one, and if there's a way where you can like um, rate and review us, that would be the most helpful thing because that gets the podcast out to more listeners, and uh, that would hell that'd be awesome. We'd really appreciate that, man. I'll give you a little PlayStation trophy for that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hell, even if it's a bad review, you can just com- you can be like, "This is like the worst gaming podcast on the planet." As long as it's a five star rating, you know, we'll, hell, we'll shout you out. That's right. <laughs> we'll we'll read the re- we'll read the review. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, then find out where you live. 
<laughs> oh no, max level Chuck T coming at me. No, no bueno. No gracias. Uh, no, anyways, yeah, but yeah, definitely. Let's, uh, uh, yeah, lead the way, man. Yeah, well, um, so I, I, I'm curious what games you've been playing lately. Are you still playing Eve uh, as far as like, like in your free time and whatnot? I like Eve a lot, man. It's been, it's been kind of a game I've been going to before bed, you know, because you can do a lot of uh, market transactions on there within the Eve universe. Mm. So I like to very passively when I'm not feeling like going deep into Eve and doing missions and stuff like that, I can just go into, you can like go into these space stocks and some of them have markets. I think they all have markets, but anyways, like uh, some of them are better than us, but you can go to these space stocks where they have a large amount of people transacting in the market and the, and you can just buy stuff, buy stuff and sell stuff. So I'll just go in, look at like what type of uh, products, which are all player created. Uh, I'll see what's like selling good or, uh, or buying what, you know, buy, um, you know, blah, blah, sorry, I'm stumbling over my words. Here. I'll just look at what the market's doing and what's worth buying and selling. And, and I'll just do some stuff like that for like 30 minutes to an hour. Maybe go do a quick mission or something while I'm waiting on an order to, to go through. And it's so much fun, man. It's really cool. I don't know how, I don't know why. That's such a weird, like, uh, you know, it's such a weird uh, uh, high in gaming. Like, like, really, like, you like to just go into the Eve market and just sit there and do like market deals? Like, it's fun, you know, for me. Yeah. I, you know, What's interesting, I, I saw a trailer come up for it in, in, in like a YouTube video I was watching recently. Uh, I don't know for if those Eve? algorithms, yeah, figured out I was interested in playing it or what. It's because <laughs> I was trying to convince you to download it. Isn't that scary? <laughs> Shit, it's free, dude. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually have it on there. I, I um, Yeah, kind of what I've been up to, I, 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 honestly, I hadn't opened Steam since I, I'd gotten my new computer, so... So all those uh, those games like Valheim and that that stuff were were just kind of sitting in there in, in Steam up in the cloud, I guess. So um, so I finally cracked that open, and, and Eve was one of the things that I downloaded. I haven't I haven't played it yet, but something I did that was kind of unusual and probably no surprise to you is I decided to start playing Ark uh, on Steam, and uh, I, I, download, ah. I downloaded all that and I have to say, like navigating the new servers and stuff has been kind of difficult. I, I that's because there's so many more on PC, man. That's why I came because I was struggling to find a server that I liked on, on the PS4 there. You know, just at that that current time, I, I tried That's this. Why you came? <laughs> what do you mean? That's why I came over to to Steam. Uh, oh, yeah. I, quite, <laughs> I also quite came, but that's came a whole other story. You just kind of said that's why I came, and then left it at that, like yeah. I expecting we'd understand what you were talking. Yeah, yeah, I came over. Yeah, like yeah. you really like Ark. Damn, I, I tell you. What was crazy is I got on this German server there at the end on the arc on the PS4 and uh, it 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 was cool like 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 it was definitely kind of its own vibe of sorts but I had people kind of like running up on me asking if I spoke German like all the time like like you know I think they kind of wanted you know to kind of reserve it for that uh, you know yeah. and a lot of them spoke English too but uh, it it was kind of funny how that that all played out and uh, I got raided one night and just kind of. You're yeah, over it. Yeah, yeah, it hurt. Uh, I, 
I hate it when you get rated and you come back and it's literally just wiped. Like, like there's no evidence like to learn from, you know, like, like, Oh, they got in over here. Like if I'd have, you know, if I'd have done this different, you know, like, oh, you must've been in like a wood or a thatch hut or something, man. Uh, or was, was it stone? I was on cliff platforms, like, like kind of in the ice cave, like, like where we had a base once before I was up way That's up in why. the rafters up there. Like in a, and I stayed hit for a pretty good while and had a Volanosaur army there to protect me and some turrets. But, uh, yeah, they got me. It, it was weird because this one guy had, like, messaged me. The messaging on there was all, like, uh, they were always on there. You know, like, as soon as you came on, it would be like, Chuck, question mark. Like, you know, and uh, ultimately, uh, this guy was asking me, are there any big bases to raid? And I, I don't know, like, something made me feel like he had some kind of cheat that, like, me typing or something figured out where I was because, like, I got raided that night. But, you know, that's just me thinking, but... Uh, yeah, there's always ideas always come up in the mind after that, but at the end of the day, yeah, so no evidence, but yeah, I did came over to the the steam <laughs> after that, and uh, I I tell you, man, I've I've saw videos before of like like all these tools, like like you know these mods or whatever, and and it's fun to get to finally have those, you know, like where like a binoculars that I can look at dinos and see their it tells stats. you what their level is yeah, and everything. That's super sweet, man. That's dope. Um, yeah, it's been, I have I have Arc on Steam as well. It's it's been tough to to kind of navigate like 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 I can't I haven't been able to successfully switch from one map to the the other like during the game and I and I can't exactly figure out why. Um, but they were having some server issues too, so I'm gonna you know try that again. But uh, yeah, uh, I'll probably still do both. Um, but but yeah, it's kind of interesting to get over there. Um, you just let me know when you get tired of Arc. It'll happen. <laughs> It might be another year, but yeah. it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a good, a good arc. And, you know, like, like there's times like when it hurts, like something, when you lose something valuable to you or, you know, have a bad experience. Um, I've been getting picked up by bats constantly lately. Like that's the new go-to move is like the guy's on a bat and he grabs me and sucks the blood out of me and bites me. Like the bat is one animal that can hold you and bite you at the same time. And like, I'm trying to find out like a defense for that. Like one of, I've been carrying around blood packs, like, like to stop it from sucking the life out of me. And also like, you know, maybe have a net like to possibly net the dude, but there has to be a defense for it. But it, that's how I've been killed more than not lately. Um, so I got my own bats and, and I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go there. But, uh, but yeah, that's kind of, kind of what I've been up to otherwise. And, um, I'm glad you're enjoying arc, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I recently got, bought Ghost of uh, Sashimi. I mean, Tsushima. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's a bad joke. I love Sashimi. <laughs> I, I love I when pulled, someone explains to me the difference between sushi and sashimi. Like, like it's kind of like like here in Asheville, you get someone explaining like craft beer or something. Like, my eyes just glow over <laughs> like what it is to be a vegan. That's <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> no but is it fun uh like it, it's it's like it's sword play super fun man yeah like i i've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for it to go on on sale or to have a discount and it's just not happening you know on the playstation store it's been at 40 bucks forever uh, and of course i i have the 40 bucks uh obviously i pulled the trigger but i was just waiting and waiting and waiting for it to go on sale thinking gosh it's been a while now it's been out for a little bit it's gotta go on sale 
It never went on sale, so I got it. And it's probably going to go on sale Monday. <laughs> you know, that's how that works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, it's really fun. Uh, I'm only just getting into it, so I don't. there's nothing I can spoil. But the the scenery and the environments and the look of the game, the colors, it's unreal, man. It's it's unreal. And it it's amazing it runs so smoothly on like a old PlayStation 4 like the one I have because there's a lot of there's a lot of screen activity in the game. Like there's this place called the Yellow Forest where um and there's like always wind blowing. So in this place, in this region of the Yellow Forest, there's a lot of leaves all over the place and the wind's mm. always kind of just blowing. So you're just you're you're your dude uh, see I already I forgot his name, but that's how long I've been playing it. Your dude just like runs through this forest and all these leaves, like a lot of leaves, like whoever the art director was, was like, let's go turn it up on the leaves, you know, <laughs> <laughs> freaking put the, is there a lever for that? Bring put it at maximum. More leaves. More, <laughs> like they, they react can, to you can though? Can I get more leaves, please? <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, more. Yeah. I'm going to need you to bring in a few more leaves. <laughs> but are they reacting to you? <laughs> like, no, they're just cons- always... There's just these leaves just always blowing through the air. So, you know, that tells me a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of weight on the CPU or whatever, you know, the, the machinery of the PlayStation. It's just, it's, it, it's a big load. You know, there's a lot for the game, the PlayStation to process. Uh, you remember when um, uh, Fist Pump, a.k.a. Pepe Tortilla, when we were playing Ark, he, his, his PlayStation would always heat up whenever he got close to the air conditioning units because they would emit this like this smoke, this steam thing in the game. And that steam, <laughs> that smoke caused his, or, well, it wasn't smoke. It was just like vapor steam. Uh, that vapor would cause his PlayStation to really run hard, you know, like it'd really start running. So I look at this game, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, and just how, uh, how alive the environment is in the game, the, the map. And how much movement there is always. It's just like, wow, man, they really designed a smooth running game here. Wow. And uh, it, I mean, and I could tell you, oh, man, it, the, the combat's amazing. And this is amazing. And the this uh, riding horse, like all of that's there. All of those elements that you would expect from a slash game like this. Um, and with an open world uh, map, everything is there that you would expect. Sometimes yeah. there, there are a couple of things that I was like, oh, come on, you guys could have put a little bit more effort into this. Um, uh, is like when you harvest resources from the map, like you'll see a bamboo tree and you'll approach it and it'll say har- harvest bamboo or take bamboo and you'll hit the button. And instead of there being like an animation for like the, the samurai dude taking that bamboo, it just disappears and it's in your inventory. Hmm. So you hit the button and it just goes poof. And it's in your inventory. So, and that's fine. I mean, I'm not, you know, no, no biggie, but they could have like maybe done something cooler there. Like in Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, where Arthur, like he's in, you know, he forages stuff. You can see him or when he harvests a pelt, he goes down and he like cuts open the animal and like harvests a pelt. And it's like, wow, man, you know, that's <laughs> something like that. Because <laughs> yeah. like, like honestly, a uh, ghost of Tsushima kind of reminds me of Red Dead Redemption but like samurai version, nice. honestly, like so far. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's got a lot of similarities. It has a big open world like that. Like, like where you, you can play online with people. It's, it seems to be a huge open world and there is a multiplayer, uh, 
DLC called, I think it's a DLC, whatever. It's there's a multiplayer mode called Legends, and um, it looks pretty dope. I have it downloaded. Huh. It was actually free in the PlayStation Store some mon- months back. Uh, definitely check it out, Chuck. I mean, for sure. Yeah. It's a it's a badass game. I had been torn between that game and Spider Man. Uh, I wanted to get Spider Man, and Spider Man's been going on on sale a bunch, but. I ended up going with Ghost of Tsushima because I got this thing. I love samurai stuff, <laughs> and uh, I really want to go to Japan really bad. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah, that no, was a long exciting. little rant right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've been interested in that game too. There was a name, a game, Ninja Gaiden, back in the day that I, I think really cemented that in my my uh, like love of video games. And I, I used to draw ninjas all the time. I think I mentioned this in an episode before, but like drawing these underground layers and ninjas and like there were these, uh, I want to say it was like at the army surplus store. Plus in the back of these magazines, like you could order those shurikens, like the throwing stars. Yeah. And, uh, dude, I had a little ninja kid as a kid, like the little tabby socks and some throwing stars. And damn like, man, yeah, imagine a little, yeah, a little chunky ninja sneaking around. <laughs> yeah, I think if you're, uh... yeah. I'm just kidding. I, yeah. I, I want to say like, like I think they're called shurikens or something like that. Yeah. Is like, like the real name, but uh, I think you're right. Yeah, I would. Uh, we had this big wood pile stacked up out behind the house there, and I'd go just chuck those suckers in there. Like, uh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever like? Uh, did you ever go move up to throwing knives? I want to say it's a little bit more challenging to throw a throwing knife. It was almost like like these were more available, and I think knives were a little more restricted. Like like they wouldn't sell a kid a knife, but they'd sell you that that <laughs> that thing, you know? Like because I'm I wasn't old enough to have a knife, really not old enough to have that that throwing star. But I remember I, I got some book at the library at school, and it it talked about the ninjas like slowing their heartbeat down and stuff. Like like I was always working on shit like that, you know, and like all kinds <laughs> of. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I feel you, man. That, 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 that's a like, fun thing in a game. Like working on your step so no one can hear you. You better put a bunch of aluminum foil down. Yeah. <laughs> your dad walks in. Why is there all this aluminum foil on the ground? Yeah. You can't hear me. You can't even see me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've like I would like I remember distinctly like like they showed all these techniques of walking down a wall, like hugging a wall, kind of. And the, like yeah. you get to the the window and you've got to go low and. <laughs> Like oh, I, was, man. I was always doing that, you know, like, <laughs> oh, dude, not to go down another side path, but I think the part of that comes from the fact that there were so many awesome ninja movies for kids and teenagers back in the eighties and nineties, man. And the GI Joe was like storm shadow. Like, like was exactly yeah, like, yeah, yeah. uh, kicking butt with the classic martial arts in movies was big back then. Yeah. Yeah. And then there, and, and they, and they, they had movies of all genres with ninja stuff from action to comedy to, I mean, other, you know, gen- yeah. other genres and stuff. I'd like to think we had Bruce Lee to probably thank for that. I, I think he, he, you know, he obviously lived a really short life there, but he sowed that, you know, to me, he, he, he was just unimaginably amazing. Like, like a like what I think of as a real ninja, you know, like you see some of those things, those feats that he's done, um, like that Dang, one inch man. punch thing he does, and like, like you see him playing um, ping pong with nunchucks. 
And he's like just yeah. toying with the people. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's badass. The one inch punch thing, man. I don't know about that. But the, the ping pong with the nunchucks. That's yeah. badass. Yeah. 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 And to think, man, there's kids that don't even know who Bruce Lee is. Yeah. I think he played this guy named Cato on the, the Green Hornet or, or something. And, and he like stole the show from, from the Green Hornet. Like it was just unreal. And, um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, I, there's a few people I used to go to the gym with or whatever that I, I'm still friends with there on, on the PlayStation. I see they're playing that game, uh, as well. So, so yeah, it's definitely one out there, but I was imagining more like a campaign. But yeah, let's let's unload a campaign on this uh, video game crash of 1983. Um, Damn, man. You know, I wouldn't so, mind a video game crash of 2022, man. If we can get these games down to four dollars, I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love to sign into PlayStation Store and Steam and just be like, oh, Modern Warfare Two, four ninety nine. What? That, Take my money? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think you you bring up an interesting point there because because. You know, I don't know. I would have probably been uh, what ten between ten and twelve, like like when this was going on, and I don't remember any kind of crash at all. Like, like you know, I don't. I, I mean, maybe it would have been on the evening news or something like that. You know, during the finance reports or, or something. But this seems like that's it interesting. Was, it was actually good for the consumer. Um, you know, as a consumer, you know, all of a sudden, like you say, we saw games in bargain bins. Um, yeah, man. I mean. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know how to look at that in any other direction or at any other perspective other than that's awesome for the the gamer kid of the '80s. You know, yeah. And they were still, I think, uh, kids were still going to the arcades religiously, mm-hmm. even after. Oh yeah, even after the the crash. Um, and I don't want to jump ahead. But yeah, because that's the one of the reasons really wasn't keeping up, you know, with the quality. Like a lot of the ports just weren't hacking it. So if you wanted to see the the innovation and the the goods, you know, you had to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you um? Can you uh? There we go. You're coming in a little on mine. Just to there we go. all right. So what's 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 the lowdown, Chuck? What's the the who, what, when, where, and why on this game crash and um? I mean, it, it happened before I, I was born, but it's like like I mentioned earlier, it's come up in a bunch of our episodes. Uh, you were around, but you're mentioning that you didn't didn't really have any recollection of it. And that was the time. I mean, that was back in the day when, like, you know, your average living room had a, a TV going with some sort of news channel or, or something going right while mom was like. Uh, in the house, probably pops was out working or something like that. I mean, that's just kind of what the average household was like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there's a yeah. tv going with the news on it so uh, inter- it's interesting you never heard about it <laughs> yeah and and i i want to say like i i can i can sort of picture the um the bargain bins and, and you know i definitely remember some of the 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 consequences and and some of the cause causes like as far as the the, the crappy games but uh you know, as I understand, this is this was primarily in the U.S., like North America, uh, especially. Like, like it, it didn't necessarily like like spread all over the world, and and you had these companies there um, in the United States that were kind of making decisions more um, to bring dollars to the stockholders than they were for quality. Um, you know, in, in yeah, innovation and, and those sorts of things in the games, and and it just really ultimately led to to 
to a crash. And I think it's important to point out that, that it was a huge crash, but it didn't go below, like, like it didn't go below zero. Like, like the game, you know, there still was a hundred million dollar gaming industry <laughs> that, that was still there. That's nothing, you know, to, to sneeze at, I, I would say, but, uh, it went from 32 billion in 1983. And by 1985, it was down to a hundred million as far as the, the dang, the, yeah, the actual size of the market. And I don't know wow. if, you, if you ever saw one of those things like where somebody actually visually represents a billion, like they'll take like grains of rice or something like that and, and actually show you that. Like, like uh, one of the things I've discovered from seeing those is I, I really can't wrap my mind around that. Like, like when they show, they'll show a pile of a million of them and then they'll show a pile of a billion and dude, wow. it, it is, it, 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 it eats that million. Like, <laughs> like it's like, <laughs> why'd crazy. you even put that on the table? That yeah. I, that must help put things in a perspective a little bit. Yeah. When you get into the billions, like it, it just, you know, I mean, it's like you have a hundred million dollars. You probably could lose that. You could kind of like, you know, make some bad decisions or, and, you know, but I think once you've got $3.2 billion, you'd have to really work at losing that. Like, you know, or, or running that somehow, um, you know, yeah. so it, it blows my mind in, in one respect. Like, like, I think one of the tie-ins here, like, it's interesting that, that like you were looking at this game that you obviously were interested in and it was $40 and, you know, it was, a, it, you, you kind of thought about what you wanted to do with your money there. But I think about like that the games were around $40 in 1983 and like, look at what we were getting like versus what you're getting. Um, yeah, you know, you weren't, there weren't going to be any like playing it online or anything like that. Like you were going to, yeah, you know, go through that's that. right. Young guns. You weren't <laughs> like, you know, you weren't, uh, your progress wasn't saving automatically. You weren't yeah. getting any like perks or skins or, or, uh, you know, personalized kits with upgrades. You yeah. weren't, def you definitely weren't opening no party chat unless the person was right next to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, then there obviously wasn't a party chat. You just would talk to the person. <laughs> just yeah, dude, but I you mean, know, you weren't getting any of that. No, no. I, I I think it's surprising, like like how much these games were back then. Every time I see it, I I want to to thank my parents like over and over, just like you know how much that stuff cost. And and you know, you see those comparisons. Yeah. Like I I feel like it's sort of like. Um, Maybe well, multiplying I, it by two point four is, is a good estimate of today's dollars. Like, like when I saw like several of those comparisons or whatever, uh, so like um, inflation, yeah, and, uh, calculating inflation over time. Yeah, you can basically um, you know double it. I mean, I'm sorry, sorry, but I think that like when you look at the Atari twenty six hundred, or um, maybe the Intellivision, or even going forward to uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System, for the time, that was. Maybe, I mean, at least in my mind, I remember looking at those simple games and that was just as impactful for me as the games that we have now and that blow our mind, blow my mind, you know? Yeah. So it, I don't know. It's hard for me to tell like if it was a, oh shoot, my phone's ringing. I'm sorry, listeners. That's annoying. Hope you didn't hear that. I, I, one thing I will say for our high school, they had a pretty decent economics class. And we had this thing where we had to develop what we called a widget. Like, like it's sort of like a, just a blank term for, uh, you know, something that you're producing. And 
I will say, like, one of the takeaways that I had from it, it's counterintuitive. Sometimes charging less actually results in more profit it, 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 at times, you know, which is, is kind of unusual. Um, you would think, you know, like stick them for as much as you can and, and that kind of thing. And, and, you know, I think like scaling up becomes a huge issue. Like, like it's one thing to kind of, you know, take orders and, and sort of fill them in your garage and things. But once you have to actually hire other people to do that, like, like the, the simulation that we did, we had this workbook that, that had it all set up and it took you through that. And, and, uh, we also pretended like we had bought certain stocks and we followed them as if we had, you know, and, and saw like how much money we made and, and that kind of thing. Uh, it was a really, really decent economic class. So, so I think of that when, you know, when you, when you mentioned that and, yeah, I, I, I feel like, you know, something I saw over and over in the research is that they felt like when I say they like like the folks at Warner Communications and, and the powers that be that had, you know, control over the CEOs of these companies, they, they sort of felt like maybe video games was might be a fad that, that just sort of went by the wayside. That has a huge part to do with it. Yeah. So it has to. That has to be an element. Yeah. And, and you know, I think just in business like like they get sort of rated quarterly like especially if you you're on the the new york stock exchange and things like that and you have to report those things and you know i i think it's sort of an attitude of like you're only as good as your last numbers um you know so so they uh you know, I think they saw like a prediction of a of a downturn, like like where mm-hmm. they were expecting like you know maybe seventy percent increase in, in sales, and they were only going to get fifteen, but it was still an increase. And and suddenly this report caused people to start selling their stock, and that led you know to a sort of chain of events and, and a like a domino effect that 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 put a lot of this in motion. Let's uh bef- before we go any further, let me activate a, a cheat code here so that we can kind of um like lay a base of what what we're actually getting at so that uh all of these numbers and, and like uh consequences and stuff make a little bit more sense. So, I'm going to activate a cheat code here. Left left right up up down down a b a b select <laughs> Oh, what do you know? Wikipedia just popped up. <laughs> right. uh, uh, re- reading from Wiki real quick, it says the video game crash of 1983, known as the Atari shock in Japan, was a large scale recession in the video game industry that occurred from 1983 to 1985, primarily in the United States. The crash was attributed to several factors, including market saturation and the number of game consoles and available games, many of which were of poor quality as well as waning interest in console games in favor of personal computers. Home video game revenues peaked at around $3.2 billion in 1983, then fell to around $100 million by 1985, a drop of almost 97%. The crash abruptly ended uh, what is retrospectively considered the second generation of console video games, gaming in North America. To a lesser extent, the arcade game market also weakened as the golden age of arcade video games came to an end, which we had an episode on about uh, the golden age of arcade gaming. So uh, definitely check that out if you like. But that's kind of, uh, that's what happened. I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about here. So several factors, a 97% loss in the markets, and... Um, Maybe not a hundred percent, but seemed like a ninety-seven percent loss of interest in gaming. Yeah, you know what I mean, I mean, I'm just being metaphorical there, but 
like especially it like in the console you know mm-hmm. world it seemed like it seemed like businesses and retails and CEOs uh d- concurred with what you were saying they thought it was a fad they thought it was something that was going to die and not come back right yeah yeah i, I you know and I, I think they also had had we when we were looking at atari they talked about having uh sort of the the console as a record player of sorts where where they kept you know doing these cartridges and i i think you know when reality what what's happened is is we get a new console every few years and and so so they were having to come to terms with that that their initial investment i don't think was was really going to last as long as maybe they had hoped and and uh yeah just more bad news for for stockholders and man it, it definitely put it, and i i think my mind goes to atari when i talk about this like warner communications and atari like, like i do feel like atari was one of the the key players if not the key player uh, overall and saw the the greatest impact from this so you know the fact yeah. that they were owned by warner communications and and you know there were there were a number of repercussions that that sort of led down from that um so, yeah. yeah, it looks like, as we mentioned, there's several factors. One of them was the saturation. There were, it seems like there were no exclusivity contracts. Like all of the, all of the business being done for, um, you know, the suppliers that supply the technology to make consoles, um, they were kind of catering to everyone, it seemed like. And um, publishing, everyone was getting catered to. It doesn't seem like there, were, there was any exclusivity in these agreements taking place. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what it seemed like. Why? Because there were all these different consoles coming out and not all of them were with corporations that had any experience in creating quality video games or consoles. It was merely, <clears throat> sorry, it was merely, let's jump onto this fad and make as much money as we can off of it before it dies. Yeah. Right. So all of a sudden we see all of these different consoles coming out. Um, I mean, Gosh, Odyssey and Television, ColecoVision, um, Atari had a whole gamma of consoles. Um, there was the Fairchild, uh, what was it, Fairchild F. The um, tricks. Yeah, just a whole bunch of different consoles coming out. Most of them sucked. Uh, I mean, I say that just based off of what I've seen in researching these topics. I wasn't around back then, but apparently they mostly sucked. Uh, and, and even within... The consoles that didn't suck, like the Atari 2600, um, that didn't mean that all of the games were good. There were a lot of games that also were just really bad quality that were pushed out extremely fast or that didn't get any TLC or, or that were intended to be great games, but due to the corporate ba- the company brass or corporate brass, they were pushed out before they needed to be. Um, a huge example of this being E.T., <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. that, uh, so, you know, I don't know if we should jump ahead to that, but just finishing off that first factor, saturation of the market. There were way too many consoles out there, um, way too many games. And one of the biggest failures, I think, or bad decision making, uh, one of the bad choices that was made by Atari, for example, was, uh, I think it was with ET actually, is they, they predicted it was going to be so good, or it was going to go. Or was it Pac-Man? On Pac-Man, I, I want to say they had already. Pac-Man, but they had. But there they, was. They they uh, made two million more cartridges than they. Exactly, they, exactly, <laughs> and that's just bad. That's just a. I mean, 
what, what you know what can i say i'm i'm not in these i'm not a ceo of a super successful like multi-billion dollar business you know but uh which was atari and and it was it also like i don't know multi-million multi-billion whatever it was extremely successful business so what do i know but they there were only 10 uh 10 million ataris out there and they made 12 million um, <laughs> cartridges for this game. Yeah. And I think it was Pac-Man. It may have been. I think what actually happened is that they did it in both cases. They made way too many uh, cartridges, uh, more than there were actual units to play it. They were, they were thinking that the game was going to do so well that people would want to buy Ataris to play it. Yeah. And it backfired hard. I mean, it was still, I think, uh, was it, gosh, man, I, I feel so underprepared for you, Chuck. I'm one sorry, of, one but of one of those games was the best seller, even though it sucked. Pac-Man. Pac-Man. Thank you. And yeah, I'm sorry. Like one of the the, the hiccups in, in their giddy up here was that the way they worked this deal out, like with places like J.C. and Sears, was is that they they got a percentage of what was sold. It wasn't as if, like, say they, you know, produced bushels of corn and you know had a deal with Walmart to sell corn and they they you know showed up with 500 bushels and got paid for 500 bushels and if that corn goes bad after that like that's walmart's problem but they had a deal where they were getting a percentage of the sales and they they you know i i I can see why you'd want to be ready like if sales were good you'd want to have plenty of cartridges and you know if it's costing you five bucks to make these and you're selling them for 40 you can withstand having a few extra but not two million extra and and then when things go you know i think they ended up in a situation where like these didn't sell at the at the retailers and then when they went to return them and get their money back a lot of these companies couldn't pay that money back so they folded and it 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 sort of you know was another domino that fell in this you know chain of events but you know, again, it's it's financial stuff. Like as far as you and I, like like it, it really just comes down to how much of our coin we have to put out for that system, that console, or that game. Like, you know, I, I, yeah, man, there, there is. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that was uh, uh, going back to what you were just saying. I don't want to forget this, but it goes. It ties into the uh, saturation thing. Like, if I'm a toy store in, you know. Uh, let's just say uh, Springfield, <laughs> Springfield, uh, I don't know, Oregon or something. I'm sure there is a Springfield. I think there is, mm-hmm. but just some random town. And I got a toy store there. It's the eighties. Video games are blowing up or consoles. And uh, originally I have a deal with, um, let's say Atari and they sell me a hundred. Um, well, they give me a hundred units to start selling and it goes well. And I give them their percentage and it's like, great. And then, then they come back after that and say, well, do you want another hundred? And I'm like, you know what? Um, I actually have an agreement now with uh, Mattel, and they're releasing the Intellivision or whatever. Or they have the Intellivision. I actually want to sell fifty of those now. So they just uh, Atari effectively just lost fifty sales with me. And mm-hmm. the more that the more that domino effect, like you're saying, the more that happens, and the more consoles and the more companies come out. The, me as a business owner, um, or as a toy store owner, or something like that, I'm going to consider those other. You know, maybe they're offering me a better, a better deal. Uh, sorry, maybe Intel, Mattel offers me a better deal that costs me less, but I can still make the same amount or at the sale because it's a higher retail price. But effectively, the more, the more, um, the more business I take on with these companies to sell consoles and video games, the less 
one particular company gets my attention and my my money. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's only so much pie. That was kind of long-winded. There's only so much pie out there, and and suddenly Atari's section of it. You know, I think you had Mattel come in with the Intellivision that that we've uh, we've talked about. Yeah, I think Intellivision had about 20% uh, of the market at, at, at one point there. So um, Yeah, they did do pretty damn good. Yeah, and, and Coleco, like you say, they, they came in with the, the, the license for Donkey Kong, and, and it was super popular. And they also, like part of just how of a Wild West era that we were in, at one point they made an adapter for the ColecoVision that allowed you to play Atari 2600 games. Exactly, man. What is up with that? Can you imagine something like that today? <laughs> no, no. That's never going to happen. No. Negative. No, señor. No, not, not on any, <laughs> any uh, yeah, yeah, not this side of the border, I can tell you. But it, it, it uh, it's kind of, I, I think about those emulators, like, like they kind of do that to some degree, like, like, like not exactly the same, but yeah, as far as there being some kind of adapter where I play xbox games on a playstation i i, I can bet you know I'll, I'll be dead before that ever happens like there's just no yeah way. or someone's gonna come knocking on the door <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's the playstation police yeah <laughs> put them up <laughs> he's fine but i'm always um, blown away like like you know how smart some folks are out there though that, that can figure these things out I, I i would say for it to ever be like mass produced like that and sold you know as a retail item you, you can you can bet it's never going to happen um so so yeah it, it it definitely was a flooded market but but i you know i want to i guess one of the things I, I can say i was alive during this time and then of that list of consoles that were supposedly flooding this market, like like I can tell you in the, our, my little corner of the world, the market really was fairly small. I didn't see a lot of those, like, like the Vectrex and the Fairchild F, like like at our you know vendors. You you saw you saw the Atari, you saw the Intellivision, and I can say that I at least knew friends of mine that had the Odyssey or ColecoVision. So, you know, I think to me those were the big four that were you know really. Yeah, you know, dominating yeah. the times or whatever, because it, it blows my mind, like, like you know, just how long it takes for a lot of these things to get it. Because you know, as as this thing ends, like, like, like when the the, um, you know, we'll get to late, a little bit later on. But as far as like, like when the actual Nintendo comes out and sort of saves the day, as far as the home console market goes, it takes a while for it to to actually get to North America and and you know especially to my corner of the world. I, I was kind of surprised when I really think about it. It was probably eighty seven, I would say, before I I got my hands on a. That was a good year. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You came into right on time, right when the the crash was ending for reals. But uh, yeah, well, and <laughs> well, look, another element to this is that while the market's getting saturated, and um, they're it's just like a, a snowball effect. It's just, there's a, an accumulation of things happening and just con, con persisting and persisting because while the saturation was happening, it's not getting saturated with great games. <laughs> it's not getting saturated with yeah. quality because if it was, you know, the, the it would become more robust. More and more people would be gaming because as we've uh, seen in our research, and I think we've perhaps mentioned, uh, especially in the arcade episode, Believe it or not, this this wasn't limited to just little kids and teenagers. Like a whole gamma of people were playing these games and enjoying them, especially uh, 
arcade games, they weren't releasing like quality games here. So mm-hmm. um, they were effectively releasing disappointments. So it lost the the public lost confidence in these video games. It got to a point where there were like not only were people not buying games anymore because there were so many. Oh, rather, not only were less games getting purchased of a particular company because there were more options, it got to a point where they just weren't even buying games anymore from any company because they were so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just to kind of frame up, like, like, like I think we're looking at reasons why, you know, this happened. And we talked about the, the flooded console market and sort of the folks losing, like, publishing con- and quality control. And, and you know, that, that sort of leads to this lack of consumer confidence. There's sort of two things in one. But I think some of the, the interesting stories in there, just how crappy some of the games were, like, like you're saying, you know, I, I think there was a novelty to to it too that that the the market was so so new and we saw a lot of things about the future like by 2022 we were supposed to be in these jet cars you know like the Jetsons and, and things so so we had a lot of hope. You're not in a jet car yet. Uh, no, no, I mean, unfortunately, I got one not. out here under a palm tree. <laughs> <laughs> had it parked next to the. Nice. Well, and the Jetsons had that thing like where when he got out of bed, it, he he basically got on this conveyor belt and it got him ready. Like it brushed his teeth and put his suit on and put a cup of coffee in his hand. Like hell, mm-hmm. I'm waiting for that. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily need the jet car. Like I need that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Roger that. You know, I I think. Um, you saw a lot of poor quality clones and and just all kinds of things in it. And you know, the you can't. There are certain games that get mentioned at this point, like every time, and those, the Pac-Man game comes Pac-Man, up. Pac-Man, man, poor quality. Pac-Man, Ab- absolutely. And as I understand, like the story there goes, is the guy that basically was doing, you know, creating this game when he when he showed up with it, he was showing them the prototype, and they published to make yep. it out, you know, in time for for I guess the Christmas season or, or you know some upcoming <sighs> sales sort of opportunity and. You know, that wasn't what he wanted, but he, he did pocket the money. You know, I mean, he did make a bunch Yo, of money because yeah, I think they sold a bunch of copies of it. But, you know, I, well, he got he got paid. Uh, sorry for stopping you, but this is fresh in my mind. I remember this part. Um, I don't remember the guy's name, though, but the game creators, they got paid for creating the game, regardless of how it went for the company, regardless of how it went for Atari, let's say, mm-hmm. Uh for uh, in this case with Pac-Man, but for the sale. So whether or not Atari sold well, they get that game developer. He got paid. Yeah, and, and walked away. Like yeah, and yes. I feel like one of the things we're seeing is just some of the realities of capitalism. Like like it doesn't always go the way we want. Like that you know that Cinderella story you know of the mom and pop store. Sometimes it just it, it goes away, and. You know, I, as much as I love that story, when it comes down to me spending my money, I'm probably going to go to Walmart and buy it where it's cheaper. You know, I, I mean, sometimes I make decisions like that, that that are, you know, more with my heart or whatever. But, you know, there's yeah, only so much I, dough. Dude. I don't think it has anything to do with capitalism, me personally. I just think uh, they made bad business choices, assuming that the video game uh, emergence was just going to be a fad. Mm-hmm. You know, because it didn't completely die. The owner and uh, CEO of Nintendo 
were able to successfully identify, in fact, I think it was the owner, the main man, he identified and, ma- and made a bet. I wouldn't say he identified it. He bet on that the U.S. market was not dead. It wasn't just a fad. It was just dormant. Like He, he, he didn't believe that the interest was gone. He just believed that uh, none of the companies had uh, fulfilled their, their commitment to deliver a quality game and product. Like he, he didn't think it was a fad. He thought it was just kind of dormant, and all they needed was to find a way to get their Nintendo or their Famicom into the U.S. market, and that, and that the because why because kids were still going to the arcade religiously, man. Yeah, I think I, I remember what you. So talking. he was like, "No, it's not a fad." Like all these guys that made these bad decisions, you know, not getting exclusive publishing rights, uh, not making quality games, releasing way too soon before uh, these projects were done. Those were all bad choices made around making quick money. Why? Because they thought it was a fad. And um, our boy from Nintendo was like, no, man, this thing is going to go for the long run. I, I remember reading about that, and it was like he felt like that just getting it into the actual hands of the players, like the consumers, would prove that's him all he right. To do. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, that's he all was he right. needed to do. He, was so he got right. it in. He sure, he sure as hell got one into the hands of my <laughs> homie, uh, Johnny G, from, you know, and uh, I loved going over there and deciding between the trampoline and the Nintendo. Our listeners know this story already. <laughs> I won't get into it again, but yeah. he certainly had one, man, and it caught my love. Duck yeah, quack, quack. yeah. I, I definitely want to save that for the end. I, I think there's some awesome stories in there, like like of Nintendo coming <laughs> back in it, and I'm I'm super thankful for it. But I, I'm curious, like like what when you when you were, you know, again looking at these factors of why this happened, like like under the the sort of loss of quality control and loss of confidence there, what what did you what struck you like the most is like the worst game you saw or the most unusual thing you, you saw or some examples of that. Um, because I think it- the worst is ET, man. <laughs> like I look when you see a gameplay of ET, I I don't even know what I'm looking at. It's like it's I I mean, it's so bad. There's just these like big green diamonds on the screen that you got to walk past, and there's like a weird dude in a lab coat or something that kind of like randomly follows you it's kind of creepy around actually. picking up reese's pieces like the whole time is, is what is, yeah yeah he loved <sighs> reese's pieces and i dude <laughs> so do i it, it is it is like and, and they so paid I, I want to say it's between 20 and 25 million they paid for that license yeah exactly man and just you know bad bad calls bad calls but i understand they gave that dude like six weeks to get that thing out like, That's right. like the entire deal dude like, like how no 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 six i mean yes i'm sorry but i, I had to stop because i just want to like emphasize on on how huge this part is that you're mentioning he had six weeks to come up with a format come up with a, a kind of like a plot come up with uh give the game design come up with the manufacturing, come up with the distribution and the publishing and the advertisement and the actual like release of the game. Six weeks <laughs> to do all of that. Yeah. It's like, hey, no, we need to have a draft of the game in six weeks. Oh, gosh, six weeks for a draft. Okay, yeah, that's kind of, we need a little bit more time with that, but uh, I'll make it happen. No, 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 no. Six weeks from square one to release. 
and I can almost see like like one thing I do remember is watching this movie and and being a kid and and like having my this crush on Drew Barrymore like like I loved everything about this movie including including her you know we were exactly the same age so um yeah I'm sure you watched it for the plot yeah yeah so <laughs> I, I I think they just thought that whatever game they put out there was going to sell because people love this movie and as long as it didn't just eternally you know, rot, like it would have been okay. Gosh, but man, it's, it's just, when you see the gameplay of this game, guys, like if you haven't seen it yet, go on YouTube, please. And watch it. And you, you can't, you can't just help but just go like, wow, these guys really just did not care. The, the brass, the CEOs and the decision makers, like you can tell that they literally had never played a video game before. Didn't understand, had no, could had no comprehension of what, you know, a, a, a young gamer, or you know whatever age gamer was looking for with with these uh, cartridges and games like they just had no idea, man. Because ah, oh, it's horrible. It's such a bad game. I saw worse though. I feel like I I, I know I, I mentioned <laughs> to you like, like obviously we don't want to go too explicit or anything here, but that that was part of the loss of control of of the publishing is that you know one of the things is I think you had some X rated games that came out. But I saw one that was kind of on the border of all that that was called Beat 'em and Eat 'em. And oh, God. dude, it was horrible. <laughs> Beat 'em and Eat 'em. Did you see that one? No, no, no. It, I'm sorry, I didn't. Pretty much the gameplay is like there's a guy like way at the top of the screen holding, let's just say, I'm going to use the word jackhammer. <laughs> He's got a jackhammer. Um, is that what it is, or is it like his? Is, is it is it is it his own penis or something? Pretty much, yeah. Like, like oh, like, he's holding his own self. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it kind of it, it. You know, is that what it like seems you've like? You've seen like like yeah, <laughs> just kids, you know, drawing on the wall or something at the locker room, or, or, or you know, on the uh, lock. Like like you know, you're just a couple of circles in a shaft yeah, there, a little hammerhead shark. <laughs> yeah. After, He's yeah, got gotcha. that. And then way down below him are, are, are these ladies, and they've got their mouth open, and, and they're like, Oh my God, they're are trying you to catch this, like, yeah, that he's shooting at them. Like, that's the whole point of the game. And, and you know, part This is an Atari game? Uh, yeah, 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 Atari 2600. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, dude. He, uh, oh my God. He man. was jackhammering them out up there at the top of the screen and, yeah. and, and they were they were like running to catch them and that's fucking gnarly dude sorry <laughs> I, I have to say like I don't know man when I was you know when you get that that puberty age like those hormones are raging dude I can't imagine like <laughs> like if they let me leave I mean I was already watching Cinemax like during the middle of the night you know it, <laughs> like and we didn't have Cinemax. Like, it's something I want to point out. Like, we didn't have the channel, but if you went there, like, if, if people of a certain age know exactly what I'm talking about, like, you could watch it. Like, like it, it kind of, it kind of, yeah, it was bad for your eyes, I'm sure. Like, like oh, it had this, 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 yeah, like, encry oh, yeah, yeah. encrypting of sorts that, that caused a bunch of lines to be in the screen, but. You could still see what was going on. Like, <laughs> Cinemax after dark. Yeah, yeah, I was already in there. So I imagine Ooh. if I'd got my hand on this, beat him and eat him. Hot tamale. Yeah, dude. Lord of mercy. 
Yeah, so I I, I think yeah those, we we can that's a drop in quality of video game. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, I mean, it was sort of the Wild West is is kind of how I think about it, and everybody was was getting it in, you know. Um, so, well, and I think another thing that happened, and it definitely contributed contributed to hard times for these companies, which uh, ipso facto resulted in the crash. This definitely was an element. And that was that there was a point along the line there, I think it was uh, 78 or 79, where some employees of Atari were effectively pissed off because they weren't getting any credit for their video game making. And they left the company. I think it was four dudes. Mm -hmm. I don't remember their names. But they leave Atari and they go and form the very famous Activision. And they start making games for the Atari. And of course, Atari going like, hey, we don't want this to happen because they're going to sell games for our system and we're not going to be able to make any money off of them. They go and sue. And long story short, they lose. And it's ruled in court that you know anyone can go and make games for these companies. And, and basically, from, from that moment onward, it's the beginning of third-party publishers for, excuse me, third-party game developers for uh, for consoles and stuff, and yeah. what what that means is that Activision, for example, could go and create a video game like Pitfall, which was a top seller, and Atari didn't they didn't get anything for that. Oh, they, they had to pay royalties. They did have to pay royalties. Like like they didn't like Atari didn't lose the case completely. Like it was ruled okay. that, that that they had to pay royalties, but ultimately that legitimized it. You know, it's kind of like okay, you, you know, my bad. Like, like yeah, it's it's like you know, this is okay. Like like uh, we'll pay the royalties is is what you know I think ultimately folks decided. Ah, uh, but I'm not going to say that what I saw and what I researched was the was the true story of the facts. But what I found was that there were a lot of games getting created by third parties um, that were being sold that were for Atari to play on Atari that had zero, uh, like they weren't getting any money for those games. So, I don't know, something like that. But the point is, is uh, that also had an impact on, on these companies and, uh, and contributed to the, to the crash. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, definitely when you think of that model, like, like sort of where they, they were just going to get paid, you know, even if you did as a third party develop this game, you had to still get it out like to JC Penney or Sears and the, you know, a lot of those deals for those folks were, uh, were bad. And as far as like, like I, I feel about, I would say 95% sure that's exactly what happened with that Activision deal. But as far as if there weren't some pirate, you know, type folks out there, you know, doing some things that slipped under the radar, I, I certainly can't say that, but I, Oh no, it, I mean, um, just think about it. It had to have happened. It had to have happened. Like, yeah. uh, cause they ruled that, that, Atari cannot stop Activision or anyone from creating games for their console. That's basically what they said. Mm -hmm. So regardless of what the agreement or settlement was between uh, or ruling or reward was between um, Activision and Atari particularly, I, I'm definitely there were other uh, developers out there creating games for well, as of that, as of that ruling for any console. Yeah. I, I think part of that is this, that it wasn't that complicated of a technology. And also, 
like there there was the the want and and need you know folks uh i mean purina was it purina or was purina uh, chase the chuck think, wagon yeah purina the the dog and cat food company made a video game yeah i mean that's how bad the saturation got man that's how bonkers and um over overwhelmingly saturated that the market was i think there was also like a an oatmeal company that made a video game um <laughs> yeah like there yeah. were it, it was bad man oh yeah and it, you know it's not unheard of like like we i, I want to say burger kings made a video game like for the xbox 360 at some point but yeah it just doesn't really sing out quality um to me but uh yeah yeah you talk about loss of confidence like what other factors were were in this did did you run across much about like home computers like kind of coming into into the onto the scene at this point as well like taking over some of that that's what a lot of uh sources that I was falling upon for this episode said but I don't I don't know about that I don't I don't think that um particular I didn't I didn't spot anything in particular that I would say oh yeah that makes sense that the computer that PCs and stuff would be having this impact on uh, the sales of of game consoles because I feel like they were doing the damage themselves. There wasn't anything yeah. that that PC was a uh, or that these PCs like Intellivision or the Commodore sixty four, um, the Apple II, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I don't know if you have a different perspective on that, but I don't think that they really. I mean, maybe a minuscule percentage of impact. I think they took a a small bite of that pie. Like there were probably households that, you know, were at the cost of all this, we're going to do, especially if they went the computer route, they weren't going to also buy, you know, the latest console. And, and, you know, maybe that took a little away from, from the console market and, and, you know, that some of these companies that we've been talking about, especially Atari, but uh, I agree. Uh, I think it's important at this point, like, like we point out, like, like some of our research, you know, I think it's something that you shared with me kind of pushes back on all of these things that we just mentioned as to say, you know, that, that they weren't that, you know, a lot of people say that, that PCs sort of took, you know, a big share of the market and that's what stopped it. But they're kind of like showed a graph that really didn't take that much when you really look at it. And, and it even showed, you know, where, how much of the market it takes today. And, and, you know, when they mentioned the flooded console market, they, you know, kind of, as I mentioned, like, yeah, all those consoles existed, but I think the ones that actually made it into the major rest, you know, nationwide resale stores were fairly limited and, and yeah, they probably did take a little bit of that market, but, um, you know, and like those games, like as far as the, the, the game made by Perina, it wasn't exactly like that was competing with ET there at, at Walmart on the shelves. It, you know, I mean, that's something you had to order from Perina. It was more like a gimmick to like sell dog food than it was a, you know, let me, you know, compete mm-hmm. and make the, ne- exactly. make the next space yeah. invaders here or anything like yeah. that. And, and I think the point of this this whole this guy's whole point that it was retail glut that that caused it, and you know a lot of those economic factors that we talked about earlier, like, like how that CEOs were really just making decisions for um, stockholders, and and it wasn't about like the longevity and quality of video games, and it just. You know, yeah. they had a they had a hit and they they wanted to keep on hitting and and to keep on seeing it go up and and it it uh it it really you know just doesn't 
really play out well for him right there in, in that short term. Not at all. Yeah. Didn't play out for him at all. Yeah. Um. Oh, what, you were just giving me another thought. I'm having another brain fart. Ah. Anyways, yeah. I mean, all you got to do is look at the numbers and 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 not also look at the numbers, but not also take them too seriously. Like when analyzing these things, because like per year, there's a percentage of the video game market, and per year or per quarter, depending on how you break it down, there's going to be any given company, which at large was Atari, that has a the majority percentage of that market, and then there's someone in second place and someone in third place. You know, and you can look at it and assign kind of like the blame in those percentages, but I don't think that would be necessarily accurate because just like if Atari has like 90% or 80% of the market, um, that just means that there's going to be however so many other companies trying to get in to take some of that market. And if if we look at it that way, then, well, just because... Like we we can't look at Atari's share in the market and be like, well, because they they have such a big share means that no one's buying any other of these consoles or games. I don't think it should be looked at that way. It just means that there's that many other consoles and games trying to take a chunk of that percentage, oversaturating the market with poor quality. Yeah. And and yes, there's definitely people out there buying these other systems, um, at large. To, to the sad fact to find out that they're poor quality. Like, if if I'm back in the 80s or whatever, you know, me as a young kid, I'm not going to know that Atari has this huge share of the market. Um, I'm just going to see the fact that an Atari costs this much, but there's this other console from another company that you know, I may or may not have heard of, and, and their console goes for 50 bucks less, but still has a lot of the same games, because there was this huge case with Activision and now all the games can go on all of it, you know, whatever, like, you know, whatever. So I'm going to look at it, at it from that perspective as a, as a, uh, a young kid or young punk back in the day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the more kids like me that see the other console for 50 bucks cheaper than the Atari 2600, there's going to be a lot of, lots of thousands and ten, tens of thousands of kids that are going to take that path as well, just to spend a little bit less money to play the same games. And the more that happens, the more that that the more that explosion within these companies happens. So, like going back to the ninety percent example, if if Atari has that ninety percent of the share uh, of the market share, and then this, these issues start snowballing, it's gonna explode for them that much more than. Oops, sorry, I bumped the microphone. If they have that ninety percent, it's gonna be that much more painful for them. Yeah. When it blows up, you know. Yeah, and their uh, expectations are incredibly up. high. Their shareholders are expecting big returns like last year. And, and, you know, they're expecting this thing to go to the moon. And all of a sudden you find out, you know, some other people are going to be on board and we can't make it to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah the spaceship's weighing oh, too much yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I want to say that the theory is, is that, you know, this competition should breed quality like that, you know, but one of my fears is that there were, ga- there were gaming developers that sort of, you know, didn't have the, the ability to weather this, that went away that, you know, if they had existed into our current times, we might, 
you know, be enjoying that. But well, and it seems like in that 1983 to 1985 period, or, or even before, of course. Yeah, no, particularly before. Um, it seems like the only folks that understood what gamers wanted or what game or what game quality was was these four dudes from Activision that bailed because I mean they went on to create some pretty quality games like Pitfall, mm-hmm. and the folks at Nintendo that were kind of like a dormant, you know, uh, uh, a nesting bear. Uh, or hibernating bear ready to just come out and just freaking tear up the scene, man. They were like, <laughs> mm-hmm. they were keeping the, the, you know, keeping the hood covered while working on their stuff, the Famicom, before unleashing that and just sweeping the world with Nintendo. I just felt like it, it appears like they're, although they, they do make good business decisions, like their heart is in it somehow. Like where, Man, Japanese, man, their heart is in everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got a Toyota. I can feel it. Like I, I can like I can feel a bunch of dudes' heart dudes and dudettes' hearts like that built that you know, I can feel the heartbeat in that car, man. Like they put quality into everything. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel that it's almost like they have an abundance mindset in the video game towards the video game market where these CEOs had like a scarcity mindset. Like and you know they 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 believe in the product, you know, and and not necessarily like getting just off derailed by the the circumstances of the time. Like they believe this this shit's really fun, like you know, yeah, and entertaining. Um, well, and I think they could see like that um, the way technology was advancing that uh, it would be foolish to think that video games were not going to be a part of the future. Yeah. Like they could clearly see that, you know, these calculators, it started with calculators, you know, it started with pinball machines and then calculators and then the first console. And then like, it was very clear that there was something happening uh, and where technology was going. So I think they just kind of identified that and they're like, no, this isn't a fad. I can see why you would think that things were a fad because I have to say in my lifetime and I'm sure in theirs as well, like attention spans have decreased. Like I would say, you know, like, you know, my grandmother would tell me about, you know, playing games of mumbledy peg and all these things that require a ton of patience and, and, and imagination, you know, and, and I could see how, you know, and I think about today, like like folks, I want to say, like they say we have like eight seconds is the average attention span of a, of a human being going right now. And goldfish are working with nine. So, like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go watch an old movie. Like, yeah. like, like the scene will stay the same for like 24 seconds or something. And you feel like, like you've already done three different things. Like I've looked at my phone. Like, you know, it's just like, yeah. are we ever going to No get- wonder our YouTube channel isn't doing that good. There's no video. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding you. Like, like, we literally, like, when we start this episode, we have, like, eight seconds to get folks' attention, you know? And, and like, I probably should just be getting naked yeah, right yeah. off the bat. Like, yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Save it for the OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, you know, we're, we're kind of jumping around here, but like, like what we're talking about, folks, here are sort of the, the long-term impacts and consequences and after effects of this crash. And, uh, you know, we've kind of gone over a lot of the reasons that, that it happened. And, and uh, you know, 
what we just sort of sort of jumped into there was one of the the, the long term impacts is Japanese dominance. Like uh, you know, those consoles we're working with today, like the um, you know, what is it, the Nintendo Switch and the uh, PlayStation Five, I believe, are both in Japan, right? Their headquarters, yeah, they're like they come from Sony and and Nintendo, oh, yeah. which are, are both yes, sir. you know Japanese products and and uh, Roger Roger. I, I guess the Xbox, what is it? Would we consider that Xbox an, is Microsoft? Yeah, would we we consider that an American product at this point? Oh yeah, yeah, so, yep, yep. So we've got one. Is that a Hemi? <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill Gates, he's the Hemi of the the console yeah, market that, here, exactly. Yeah, so. Yeah, Japanese dominance. Like, like you know, is I think is things didn't really go as badly for them. I, I heard like saw some evidence they called it Atari shock, and and like you say, they they really just saw it as a a hiccup in the North American market, and and really an opportunity for them uh, to jump in there and and get some good products out. And um, yeah, man, because there was a, a there was definitely a a lull. Uh, the numbers, you know, it went from. I think above 3 billion or something like that down to a hundred million. So that was obviously one of the consequences of this crash was just a huge market loss. Um, lots of these companies went under, uh, Atari didn't, Atari didn't go under. I mean, they would eventually go under, but it got sold off. I think Warner brothers sold them to Jack, Jack Trammell and, and they sort of focused on arcade games, I think for a bit and maybe home computers as well. Like is where I mean, apart from that, what what are some of the consequences other than the money? Well, you know, you mentioned the Atari taking like convoys of of cartridges to uh, what is it, Almagordo, <laughs> yeah. New Mexico, yeah. and just like like dumping them in a landfill and then cementing them in or something like that. And I think I actually mentioned that in a previous episode. I don't remember which one it was exactly, but I think I accidentally said the Mojave Desert, which I don't think that's the same desert. So. Uh, the, yeah. the the accurate intel is it's in the Almagordo. Yeah, I, yeah, I've actually been, which means fat soul. <laughs> By the no, way, I'm kidding. Yeah, I guess I should have been able to figure that out. Yeah, I know the Gordo part, but I, I didn't know the word for soul. What Alma is Alma? Alma. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I want to say around mm, 2000, 2001 or so. I was working for the Cherokee Hotshots, and we got sent to some fires there in Cloudcroft, which is just just over from Almogordo, and we ended up there. And man, I tell you, if you wanted to get rid of something that you'd never see again, like that's the place. Like you got the White Sands Missile Range out there, and uh, yeah, Dang. yeah, I I, I, I definitely you remember got anything having. You need to say or confess. Or... <laughs> <laughs> what else were you doing out there with the Hotshots? <laughs> Um, I, I will point out that the Lincoln National Forest is down there where Smokey the Bear comes from. Like like the original Smokey the Bear was actually a mm-hmm. little bear cub that was rescued on a fire there on the Lincoln National Forest. And, and so oh, right there on. is a real Smokey the Bear, and, and that's where he came from. I, I mean, like you live in Mexico. I mean, dude, this is New Mexico, son. I, I mean, think about like... <laughs> Think about everything that Mexico, and then just like add something to that. I mean, it's it's the new Mexico, dude. There's something. It's a wild place. You got the painted desert. You got like tons of Native Americans that uh, like in history there that that just blew my mind. I, I actually I, I worked in a town um, 
the, that particular trip I was living in Tennessee, but but at some other point I went and lived in Grants, New Mexico, and worked on an engine there. Uh, just it's it's probably about five six hours north of Amagordo, and, and I want to say we got sent down to a place called Las Cruces at one point, probably the closest I got to there. But it you got the Apache Indians, you got the 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 Zuni, like like there's just I mean it's called the land of fire and ice because you you have like you you'll have um mountains that go up so high that there's snow year round but it's, it's a mystical place dude uh, yeah, um, i yeah it could definitely uh go on forever about new mexico but it kind of blows my mind like how did they get them cartridges over there i, I would have pictured like like i understood that that they weren't selling and they were in that situation where the stores didn't sell them and and it wasn't like the stores had bought them from them so they returned them and they had them sitting in a warehouse that was costing them money but i pictured that warehouse being yeah. in california somewhere or something like you got to be pretty it's mad to, to say, go head down Magorda with them cartridges <laughs> i think or making sure that nobody's going to see it like you know yeah, it's hard. Well, it's hard to say. Like, I don't know what the legalities around that were. Like, if if they were allowed to do that or not, or if it was like this big scandal. I think when we read it online and when we see it in videos and it's mentioned and brought up that they actually did that, um, it kind of comes off as if it was like a big scandal or something, or if it was in the news or like if they were not supposed to do that. But I don't remember actually ever hearing anyone specifically say that they weren't supposed to do that. Like, I think probably what they did was. <clears throat> They probably looked at like, yeah, the overhead for these warehouses where they had all this product or something. Said, okay, it's costing us this much money. It's not not viable. We're not going to sell these games. They're li- no one's buying them. So they probably just looked at like some land or something in this place, Almagordo, where you say there's no one there. So probably land was probably dirt cheap per per uh, square meter or per yard or per foot. However, they did it. Bought a bunch of land, dug a hole, shipped them down there. Um, you know, buried them, cemented them over, f- forgot about it. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, you know, put the expenses against taxes. <laughs> yeah. I, I know it, it gets mentioned as, as like, like regardless of the circumstances and the, and the legend or whatever, but it kind of stands out as, as like a real telling scene of the time, like, like sort of a, a visualization of, of this is how, screwed up things got you know they paid 25 million for this license and yep. made crap and here's what happens and and it's embarrassing um yeah man, just it's it's just a it, with the case of atari they just got like a big loss after big loss after big loss and then the the negatives were just amounting you know like other companies are coming out. Other publishers are making games. Um, our units aren't selling. The game didn't do well. We just spent we just spent all this money on licenses, but no one bought the game. You know, just it just thing. It just uh, event after event after event, and it just probably seemed like there was no light at the end of the tunnel for some of these companies. When all of a sudden, in 1983, um, you know, the metaphorical poo hit the fan. Yeah. And and I see it as like another, just one of the realities of business. I I, I mean, you know, I I, I think at some point you got to cut your losses and and it's like, we're not renting this warehouse anymore and and he's got to go somewhere. And uh, I think there was a documentary in 2014 about this whole scenario. I'd like to watch it at some point. Um, 
it, it would be interesting to. I, I actually looked just a little bit uh, about El Magordo online, and, and immediately memories came back for sure uh, of that place. It. Um, I didn't yeah. see any with the the hipster jacket, but I saw a lot of elk there, um, like, like on your. Oh, cup. No, there's only one of those, man. He's right here with me. <laughs> he's a much more classy elk than the ones I saw out there, but uh, I think he's got Ray Bans on. Dude. In a, yeah, the time I got to spend with the Native Americans there, though, dude, is some of the happiest, like, like funnest time of my life. Like, like I really um, felt like that was a unique experience I got to be a part of, and would recommend anybody go to to New Mexico. Maybe not El Magordo right away. Work your way up to that. But, what happened after Chuck? How 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 did the light at the end of the tunnel become the light, not at the end of the tunnel, and just the light? <laughs> <laughs> I, me personally, I feel like we were saved by Rob the robot. I think, I, well, according to what I, what you shared with me and what we saw there online was he did save uh, the gaming industry. They pulled a fast one, kind of like, like used him as the Trojan horse of sorts. The Trojan, the Trojan bot. Yeah. <laughs> and and another thing that blows my mind is I until I we did this research, I'd never heard of Rob the robot. Dude, neither had I, man. I'd never seen one before. Uh, I never heard of it. Um, the only thing that I must admit is that when you sent me the article and I saw Rob the Robot, he did look familiar. Yeah. Like his little design and his cute eyes. and uh, They I pretty like, much swiped it from that movie Short Circuit like that was popular yeah. at the same time. Uh, Damn, man. What a movie! It was all of them. I don't remember like like a lot of specifics of the movie, but like like I think that video brought it up, and, and then I realized why I, I had the same feeling like you described. I recognized him somehow, and was like, you know, how the hell did I miss this somehow? But yeah, but exactly. but yeah, just to frame it up for our listeners, I, I gotta say what we're talking about here is Rob the Robot was a, a product that that Nintendo when they went to market and their console. After this crash, they're coming into this U.S. market. It's almost like they feel like if they use the word console, it's going to flop, that people have lost confidence in that whole market. So they, they dub the the console that they're going to put out, because it is a console. Let's face it. They, they call it the Nintendo Entertainment System. They include a light gun and, and a few other peripherals, one of which is Rob the Robot. You're robot operating buddy like That's who it. doesn't That's exactly need what i was just buddy? looking for who doesn't need a buddy dude it reminded me of like when we go on a field trip in grade school you had a, you had your buddy man i mean it it's like we we used to walk from our um school to places and and you had your buddy it was like your battle buddy like you know if yep. something happened yep. to one of you it was supposed to happen to both of you yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you going to the dairy plant you got a buddy <laughs> You're going to the, you know, you're going to the uh, wildlife exhibition. You got a buddy. And what I'm going to tell you, you're going you, man, down to the YMCA. You got a buddy. Yeah, and and it was a pretty even mix of girls and boys in our class. So, but it was uneven. So sometimes your buddy was a girl, and I always wanted mine to be this one girl that I really liked. You know, and you got you had to hold hands on the way over. They there. never are. They never are, Chuck. They never are. The one that you want to be partnered with you for the assignment or for the field trip or for the bus ride, they never are. And they always get assigned to that. Sorry. They almost get assigned to that, you know, that person that you hate. That is so me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, God, they put up with 
Damn yeah, it. No, no. I, I do think it went my way one one time. We were going to visit it like a graveyard of sorts, and I got to hold hands with the. This girl, I won't mention her name, but um, yeah, it was it was. Uh, <laughs> How old were you? Of course, you're not mentioning your name. You weirdo. We were kids. We were both kids. This is yeah, that's why. age appropriate. But um, but yeah, so so you know, like I say, they, they they the reason we call this the Trojan Horse. We've all heard that story. I, I think in uh, what are those wars where that happened? In they they basically. Oh well, those were that. That was the. I think it was the Trojan War, but basically. Uh, you know, Greece, they were not able to get past the walls. You know, they weren't able to penetrate into the city of Troy. And um, very cleverly, uh, they are like, okay, well, let's just have the whole Greek, uh, Greek Navy take everyone out, act as if they're leaving, and we'll leave this giant, huge Trojan horse. I think the horse had like a, a lot of significance, I think, to the, the Trojans. Uh, and they're like, let's build this huge horse. We'll hide our like best, most lethal combat, uh, you know, infantry soldiers inside the horse. Um, and we'll leave it as a, as a gift, as a respect, as like, uh, a, uh, a, a token of like, wow, you, you, good game. you won, you win. Good game. You, yeah. GG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, GG there, uh, Paris. I think his name was Paris, one of the main. Uh, Paris and Hector. Yeah, GG's Hector. You win. <laughs> All right, see you later. Yes. You know, uh, and then they, so they leave the horse. It's filled with soldiers. Uh, the main army starts to, quote unquote, leave on on the ships back to, the, to Greece. Um, the Trojans wheel it in uh, through the gates. They wait until nightfall. The soldiers leave the Trojan horse, open the gates, and then the returning Greek army just goes in and fucks shit up. It's <laughs> popping out the they horse. Yeah. It, it starts popping off in there. You know? It becomes Battle Royale. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, hey. Yeah. Oh, that had to feel pretty and good. We're back. Like you should have uh, saw your faces, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great story. Well, so can you tie? So how does Rob? How does yeah? How yeah. does Rob tie into this story? Yeah, I, so it, it's almost like they they didn't want to call it a console, so they they said entertainment system. And like I say, there was always this sort of underlying. You know, like you go back and look at architecture from the '60s, like like that mid-century. Like, like we we thought like what the future was going to be like this modernism of sorts, and robots have always been a big part of that. And like it was it was well, kind of touted as a robot that could play the game with you. Yeah, but 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 before you get into that, just so that the listeners understand um, why we're even mentioning this dude, this little robot, uh, Rob, our buddy, it's because the leadership of Nintendo particularly the CEO, and I don't remember the names, but the CEO um, and the owner had identified, again, I, we already mentioned this, but they had identified that what happened in the U.S. was just bad business decisions, and they didn't believe that it was a fad. They believed that the gaming interest was still there and that these guys had just made bad choices, which turned mm-hmm. out to be the case. But they also knew that, like you mentioned moments ago, the confidence was gone. So the reason that they came up with this Rob idea or... or <clears throat> 
this uh, peripheral, like the reason they even had this idea was because they were trying to think of a way to get in back to get back into the market to to yeah. sideswipe that that missing confidence and get their product into the hand of the gamer. And they knew like like so that that's uh, now tying back into what you were saying, uh, segueing back into that. That's why they were doing these things that you are referring to that they there was the the reason why they were doing this was because they still had faith in the gamers and they wanted to get their product into the US and they had to come up with an idea they had to come up with a plan mm-hmm. and that plan manifested in what you're describing so i just wanted it, to mention that just to no i definitely just, just appreciate explain that. why you, yeah you definitely framed mm-hmm. it back back up real good for us there and and it it kind of or really well and and it it uh rob was sort of the Trojan horse. Like like they were actually selling exactly. a console, but they sold it as if like it was this all encompassing system that, you know, allowed you to do this light gun game and and, and have like this home robot that, you know, it, it really gave the impression that was gonna do some pretty incredible things. Yeah, they're like, check out this robot. His yeah. name is Rob. Oh, and it comes with this. Yeah, like right, that was kind <laughs> yeah. of the that was kind of the yeah. tone. Yeah, and 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 yeah. And it sorry, seems like it, it like say all the I forget exactly what it was called at that time, but like the the e e three of the day or whatever they they the robot. It was called. Uh, it was called. I'm sorry, Jack. It was called CES, C- uh, Consumer Electronics Show. Yeah, they went to that thing, and the robot kind of took center stage at that. Like the display even had the big, you know, large head of the robot and like say just sort of that short circuit sort of look to it. And, and I can mm-hmm. see why that got folks attention. And Oh dude, I would have been standing right up under that thing the whole show. Like if I was a little kid and I, I saw yeah. like something they did too, is they, they took it to, uh, to New York city first, like kind of as a test market. And yeah. uh, they, they, they specifically put it in FAO Schwartz and like, dude, I can remember as a kid, there was this movie, I want to say it was called big, that had Tom Hanks in it, and like they go there, um, they they, oh, they play yeah. this piano that's on the. F- Don't they go there too in Home Alone? Yeah, dude, it's it's super Isn't famous. That- like I've been yeah. there. Like it's cool as shit. Like like it's the coolest toy store in the world. Like I mean, I was super hype. I probably went there, maybe in my twenties or something like like, like that. And, and I'm yeah. pretty sure I bought video games when I was there and Star Wars type stuff. Like like oh, yeah man. yeah. Yeah, the news that, that. So you picked Star Wars over Star Trek. The Star Wars sequels were. I'm out of out. here, listeners. <laughs> Bye. Signing out. Yeah. <laughs> Plug for the Mandalorian. Been watching it too. <laughs> Live long and prosper, Brooke. This is the way. Yeah, but no. Yeah, I got a little, a little crazy there. But I can imagine, dude, if I'd have been a kid at that time and I had. Like, like they, they really went over the top there. I, I remember I was there with my nie- nieces. And I forget exactly. They were quite a bit younger, and and there was like a real princess there. Like like I mean, they went over the moon for like these, you know, whatever doll was like the latest thing going on right at that time, you know. And and they really, you know, it's just like a fantasy of sorts, like where you go look at these things. So super smart move of them, like rolling it out there. And I, I saw like like you know maybe on out into New Jersey or something like that. They rented a, a warehouse there in New Jersey and. You mean Joyzy? Set up shop and uh, started pumping it out with Rob the Robot. There was like a deluxe set that included all these things. But then, you know, I want to say once they sort of got the ball rolling, they they just kind of 
It's dude. It's so obvious that Rob was a Trojan horse, man. It's yeah. so obvious because there were only two games that even worked with Rob the robot, and they said there were going to be like five, and like it didn't oh, happen. Yeah. Bullshit, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I think they were smart as hell, very clever. Um, like let's 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 advertise and publicize and and get this robot out there, and just really. Uh, <clears throat> really lean on the fact that the American public was all into robotics and, and the future and star Wars and star Trek. And like, it was, it was really, it was a really, you know, Terminator and RoboCop and short circuit. It was no longer a wild west thing. It was all about the future. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. they're like, let's get a little robot out there. You know, let's, Let's get a good engineer. I don't remember the name of the engineer, but he was a really good engineer and helped Nintendo with a lot of the handheld stuff. They got him to design that robot, man, um, with very basic, clunky, loud movements. It plays two games with you. I think one of them's called Stack Up. The other one's called like Gyroscope or something like that. Gyroscope, yeah, something like that. And and really, like, uh, according to what I saw... um, when you actually have the the Rob there doing his thing, it's actually very slow, and very like it. It seems like it's something that you're gonna enjoy one time, yeah. and then you probably just put it in the closet. Yeah, but it almost but reminded smart. me of one of those Rube Goldberg machines, like like where like you do like <laughs> ninety seven things to put some toast into it. Like, some, like it was yeah, literally yeah. like he was pushing the B button. And, but it, and now. <laughs> It's Watch like, this, I get this gyro spin. Like I saw something. <laughs> You're like, oh, you got to rob the robot, man. Let's check him out. And it's like, okay, <laughs> buckle in. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on to your horses there, friend. It's like, I heard he plays the game. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watch out, Buster. Yeah. Same yeah, um, way my dog does. Like, <laughs> but, but like, like my dog hits a button time, every now and then. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw this one part in that gyro game. It's like he had to hit both buttons and somehow like he held down like like whatever the That's the mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, mm-hmm. I when something's spinning like that, it 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 keeps the force down or something like what's going on there. Well, like, no, there were other sorcery? pieces. It's not sorcery. <laughs> <laughs> there were Japanese. other pieces, man, that weighed it down. I don't know if you spotted those, but there were other like, uh, um, pieces that came in the set that weighed it down so that the button would continue pressed. Way convoluted. It's, like, it is, man. That's the whole, that's why it's so clear that, and now, in retrospect, you know, in, in hindsight, we can see now that it was very obviously a Trojan horse and that the only thing they were trying to do was to, it's like a magic trick. You, you know, you use one hand to get the person's attention yeah. while with the other hand you, you swipe the thing or you put the, you put the coin in their pocket or whatever the case may be. That's what they were doing. They were using one hand to distract being Rob the Robot. Hey, look over here, look here, look here. <laughs> yeah. And then at the same time, boom, they put the Nintendo NES, which like you mentioned earlier, doesn't even have the name gaming on it anywhere. Or console. No, it just or says con- it just, it, entertainment it just says Nintendo system. Entertainment System. Put that in your pocket with the other hand while you're looking at the distraction hand. That's what they did. And it was a, it was a great move. And um, it sold really well in both of the test markets, which was first in New York and the second one was in Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, later on, they had a, they, 
when the official release took place in 1985, I believe, was the North American release. This was after the testing and all the, the efforts and all of the, uh, you know, the struggle that Nintendo went through to make this happen. Um, they released it in 1985, and it did very well. And they released it in a new deluxe package where Rob was officially out. He served his purpose. Rob retired. And they sold it uh, two controllers, the NES, the, the, the gun, the Zap gun for Duck Hunt. And then they sold Duck Hunt to you, I believe. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if they even had the combo yet. I think it was just, I think it was just, uh, oh gosh, I don't remember. But at that point, they had, re, they had redone the package, you know, they, yeah. they, they had uh, trimmed the fat at that a little point. bit. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I saw it like, like ultimately, and I, and I bet when I bought, when I finally got round to one, you know, say there in 87, I, I want to say mine came with two controllers and, and Super Mario. And well, and didn't, wasn't there a cartridge that this may have been post 84? seven or something maybe into the 90s but it got to a point where duck hunt and super mario were on the same cartridge yeah i i, 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 th- I think we that? saw that the, like when that yeah. guy was going for that record i i, I do remember it and i can't really even swear what mine was if i was going to guess i felt like they were two separate things but mm-hmm. but i can't swear to that uh but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i when i went back and looked like like the games that came out at release and like went through there to like you know, spark memories. Kung Fu stood out the most. I wish you could see Chuck's faces, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Do that again. <laughs> he makes this weird ass noise when he kicks and punches. And there's always like, dude, who's just like lined up single file to fight you, you know, and like you had to go through this multi level thing, almost like that that dragon movie that Bruce Lee's in when he fights uh Kareem Abdul Jabbar up there at the top of the, the thing and Kareem kicks him with that big old foot and it's like in his chest, like on his shirt. Like like it's exactly what Kung Fu was like. Dude, I loved that game. And and yeah, it was the whoa, whoa. Like you had to, you had to kind of time it, you know, with them. And, and each time you took yeah. out a man and, and did a kick, it made that noise. And, and you know, at some yeah. point they threw things at you, and like you had to, you had if to. If you landed a kick, did it go? Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it was more like all it took was one kick. It wasn't like you know, saying Street Fighter or something like that, where you you really have to lay into them a few times, and there's combos and stuff. Like yeah. if it wasn't a boss, like you pretty much were like like just the white pajamas guys. You were laying them out with one kick, like Chuck Norris or something. It's It's equivalent of getting a headshot today in like in the Warzone games. And it was in the arcade. So I I also remember like, you know, having those memories already. So, so it was like a pretty decent port. Like it wasn't perfect, but it, it was, it was way better than like Pac-Man or, you know, like, like the disasters that we've talked about. So yeah, I, I I definitely have, (laughs) you know, well, that's, Thank I mean, that's God, what happened. Thank God, the Nintendo game. <laughs> Thank God for Rob the Robot. And, and you know, I feel like they saved the day is like, you know, the the highlight of the story, really, you know. Dude, g- well, guess how you know, much Rob it, the Robot is worth today. Like, if you've got a Rob that's still looking pretty good in the box there. See it. Well, worth how much it's worth, like, if you asked me if on I wanted eBay, to buy it? On eBay. On oh, eBay. okay. What's it going for on eBay? Uh, let's see. Um, two thousand nine hundred. Great day. It's like seven hundred bucks. 
but oh, okay, <laughs> I went way <laughs> over. Maybe Dude, I thought you were gonna maybe, say something crazy. I don't too. know that I saw one that was. I don't bucks. know that I saw one that was like never. I thought opened. you were gonna say something nuts. I, I bet man. never I opened or something bucks. like that. I, I I did kind of hype it up like new in the box, but more what I saw was out of the box for sure. <laughs> and they were going about eight hundred, seven, eight hundred bucks. I wouldn't pay that much for. I don't. Yeah. I get it. I get it. It's it's uh, it's just part of the fan. You know, you want to yeah. have if you're an enthusiast, you want to have stuff like that. But I, I mean, I wouldn't get a rabbit. Everybody can see, get wrapped one of those up things at some I, point. Like, but yeah, yeah you're you're right. Dude, if we went to Japan right now, dude, if we went to the gaming district or the electronics districts in Tokyo, we could find one. I bet you for <laughs> real cheap. You know. Yeah, you're right. And get a trip to Japan. I don't remember what the name of that neighborhood. I think it's Akihabara or something like that. But they've got there's a district there where they got all that stuff, man. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, Nintendo saved the day. Um, reconstituted confidence in in, in the console, and uh, I don't remember the dates on this, but Sega also released a, a console right around there. Didn't didn't do anywhere near as good as the NES did, but Sega also emerged right around that time. And they're from Japan well, as Sega well, Sega emerged... Right? Huh? Sega's in Japan as well, right? Yes, yeah. and, and Sega's been around since the 60s, I think. But, you know, but yeah. they, uh, they also released their um, one of their earlier consoles at the same time, like right around the same time, but Nintendo just... Phew, man, Mario... And what's they're crazy they're is really, it wasn't the first time we had saw Mario. Like, I, I had honestly forgotten that. I, I do remember the arcade version of, of, it was just called Mario Brothers. It wasn't Super Mario Brothers. It was called Mario Brothers. And you were you were up against, like, crabs, and, and there there weren't turtles exactly. There was this big... Are you sure? Yeah, there was this pal thing. Wasn't, wasn't the very first time Mario appeared in the Donkey Kong game? Because remember, Donkey Kong would would be throwing those things down the ladders, and the little Mario guy was trying to go up, and he'd like dodge the barrels. It was a platform. He, he's definitely in that. That's him. But but what I'm saying is, there was a game that was called Mario Brothers, and and Luigi and him played at the same time. And I don't know if you if you've saw like Joust, like like kind of how there was a few levels up above you. That's exactly how that screen was, and there were crabs up there, and there was a thing called a pow that you hit, and when you hit that, they flipped over, and you could go knock them off, but you couldn't pick them up. What? Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was on on the uh, the Atari twenty six hundred. I'm pretty sure. Like like, and, and I'm sure it's been on a ton of other games. First, uh, I mean, I mean, since then, so. It took me a minute to remember it too, but when I go back, I, I played that at the arcade, and it was my introduction to to Mario Brothers. And I'm fact checking you there, Buster. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't <laughs> lie to folks, but but I'm not kidding. I'm like, just playing. Like it, it, uh, it's definitely Mario high. Bros. 2600, 1983. Dang, you're right. See the oh, crabs? look at that. See the power. Look at that. Yeah. There's like blue circles. Yeah, it's different. And and you could you you didn't have the blocks. Like you actually hit that that ground they were standing on to to knock them over and it kind of bumped up a little mm, bit. Oh. I see. Look at this. And there were several levels to it. And you would play, you know, two player with your buddy at the, like, you know, somebody got to be Luigi. Was this Wait, was this a, a Nintendo game that was just on Atari? 
It was. And it was at the arcade. And and I don't know Ah, uh, that's it. I see. But it's before the Nintendo Entertainment System existed. That's what's confusing me. Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. Yeah. It says Atari twenty six hundred video game cartridge Mario Bros. Copyright Nintendo of America. Does it say it says when Nintendo, it was released? It says Nintendo. Well, it was released in 1983. Yeah, and, and so Nintendo of America, after the whole Activision thing, where now other companies could make games for other car, uh, consoles, Nintendo of America made Mario Bros. for Atari, and it was good, dude. Yeah, I, I remember playing it. I mean, it 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 actually was better than Pac Man. Pac-Man, you well, could not go down. Like, like if you watch v- videos of people playing Pac-Man, show me where someone, like, like the only time you can turn is when you hit a wall. Like, like I watched some, some, you know, as we were going over this, like, mm-hmm. like that's the fault in that damn game. Like, they don't talk about it, but that's what's wrong. Oh, dude, so much is wrong with that game. If you put a side-by-side and you look at Pac-Man arcade <laughs> version versus Pac-Man Atari... Well, I mean, or versus the box, like versus what like, was on the back of the box. Like, you yeah, know, I'm pretty sure they used it like, from the arcade. No wonder confidence dwindled. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's an outright lie in, in the eyes of a young gamer. Well, and it's like first time, it's like shame on them. But second time, you know, shame on me for believing. Yeah. Them. Second time, GTF. <laughs> no, no. Uh, what is it? GFT. No, GFY. <laughs> GTFY. Yeah, WXYZ. <laughs> <laughs> what am I even saying? Jeez. GT. I'm trying to say G- you know what I'm trying to yeah, say. That's right. Hell with all of y'all. You know what I'm trying that's to say. Right. You smell what I'm stepping in. <laughs> <laughs> I really freaking mess that one up. Anyways, we're all humans here. Well, let me hit you with this, man. I, I, I feel like we've we've hit the consequences and, and the after effects and long term effects and we kinda explained, you know, the how this came to be and who, what, when, where and why of it, but could this happen again, man? Could this happen again? You think, or like, could we see a version of this somehow in in, in our lifetimes? <sighs> no, I don't think so. Not on such a uh, large scale. You got to remember this. This there was a ninety seven percent drop in the market for them. I mean, it crashed hard. So uh, a crash of to that uh, scale? No, I don't think so. Just because. Um, Really, like gaming, it seems like it just forms like a part of what is the digital market these days. You know, the the online digital industry, and I just think there's so much, uh, so many, there's so much knowledge, so many systems, so many protections, so many uh, SOPs or standard operating procedures, and and uh, we'll just call it quote unquote know how around how to. Um, how to you know how to handle these processes you know coming up with a game releasing a game marketing in a game all that that I don't know I don't think so I do think that on a smaller level which we see all the time companies can make bad choices that will you know make or break their their success in in the industry um, I think it's certainly probably I think it's probably a lot harder to cut out your piece in this industry than it was probably back in the day when everyone was grabbing at it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But man, it just seems like uh, the gaming industry is evolving so quickly. I mean, and, and maybe I, I might be I might be wrong. You know, maybe maybe there will be a crash. I just don't know what that crash would look like. Well, and you pro- you probably did. Like there was a crash in seventy seven as well. Like like this say crash of eighty three isn't the only one. That makes sense though. The 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 the, the crash in seventy seven, which was far less insane, it made sense because that was still the wild, wild west of gaming industry. Like the 70s, 80s, maybe a little bit of the 90s, but not so much at that point. It was such a wild, wild west. Like these CEOs and, and, and uh, game developers were creating new, like it was a new relationship for them. I mean, these, these business uh, brass were dealing with gaming nerds and developers and people that love to just like, you know, snack out and sit on computers and program on like on basic and on Apple and just program and make stuff. You know, it was, I think that was like a brand new relationship. So they had to navigate that. And they also had to navigate how to, how to like document these arrangements on, on paper and in the legal realm for the first time, there was a lot of discovery happening, a lot of, uh, sectors, meeting each other and trying to figure out how they were going to inter interrelate and inter uh, and interact right mm-hmm. so there was a lot of a lot of mistakes happening a lot of discovery happening you know like these folks from uh atari discovered hey we don't have to sit here and not get any credit for our games we can actually just leave and make games on our own mm-hmm. that was innovative and, and that was a complete new thing you know like they didn't know they could do that until they did it yeah. so um, I'm, this is just my really, I'm doing a very poor job of trying to say that it was the wild, wild, best, wild, wild west back then. And, um, if there was an environment in which crashes could happen, it was that one. Yeah. The learning and curve was these, steep at yeah, that time. Yeah. So. Exactly. And I think there's just so much knowledge around it now and know how and, and, um, uh, you know, does, does that mean that it's not going to evolve and there could be potentially, uh, uh, Peaks and lulls, or what is it? Peaks and what's the name? The proper uh, peaks and pokes. You know, just <laughs> no, no, <laughs> going back to the program. No, just you know, ups and downs. Let's call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there certainly will be, but a crash like the one of '83. No, they've got way more. They got a t- tremendous amount of experience in it, and um, like it makes me go back. And what makes me wonder, like, what could the what could the brass have been thinking? You know, like an Atari and these other companies, what, you know, what were they thinking and not focusing on quality and focusing on, on delivering a good product and securing their legal agreements and their licensing and all of that very, uh, cleverly and putting more attention to detail. The part of me wants to be like, how could they not have like, you know, what were they thinking? But at the same time, <clears throat> I get it. You know, that was a, it was, well, even though we know it wasn't now in retrospect, it was a fad. Yeah. You know, it was a fad for these for these people, I think, and they just wanted to get the get that money and uh, get every last drop out of it, um, and it backfired. Yeah, it was wild west. Yeah, yeah, I think that's just one of the realities of of you know, business when it comes down to it. Um, I think it gets especially mm-hmm. complicated in things like this that are actually like I think from our perspective, it's something that's cool. Um, I, I heard this guy the other day saying like the, the 
the most likely business you could start that would fail would be a record company. <laughs> and because it's really sexy and, and, you know, kind of really cool. But, you know, he pointed out that it's really easy to see that things like um, storage units, there's all kinds of businesses that aren't sexy that, you know, show incredible profit margins. And, and you know, it's not any secret of how they work, but, you know, people want to do, um, things that are cool. And, and, you know, I think we look at it like that, but they definitely took a more, you know, business approach to it and, and, you know, didn't, it's a much safer bet that it's just a fad than to plan for the future and the future not show up, you know, I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got anything else? I think we've covered just about everything. How how about you? What, like any, uh, anything else you can think of like final thought wise or. No, I don't think so. I think, um, I think this was a an event in our gaming in the gaming history that's uh it's worth knowing about. Um it's definitely you know and it's just interesting man that's all to think of like a gaming crash mm-hmm. because nowadays gaming is such a a huge market and such a a force to be reckoned with that it's hard to you know, it's hard to be like, oh, there, there was a crash. There was a, a gaming recession. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's funny. Yeah. It's it, now it's just looking back. It's just kind of funny, you know, reading about it and checking it out and watching uh, videos and stuff was fun. Uh, beyond just knowing about it and understanding it. There's, I don't got much more than that. Yeah. Thank right goodness for Nintendo. And Rob the robot. Yeah. Muchas gracias. Uh, <laughs> gracias Roberto. El robot. <laughs> My buddy. <laughs> El robot. <laughs> I'm going to see what his name was in Mexico, like, or if he ever made it down here. I wonder. And if they named him Roberto. That, that, <laughs> that is, I wonder like how, how this showed itself in Mexico uh, uh, as far as, because like, it, it gets mentioned North America, so we're obviously talking about Canada and Mexico too. I, I, I would say, you know, I could see some of those games in the bargain bin making it down there, um, you know, more more than not, uh, you know, kind of thing. But it'd be hard for me to understand how that might go back in the '80s. I mean, I'm sure in Mexico City and Guadalajara and and um, Monterey, it was probably just like up in the U.S. Yeah, but it's hard to say. I don't know. I don't know. Um, you'd be surprised, man. Like uh, we've got Amazon Mexico down here and stuff you know, which has been going for some time. And I only recently started taking advantage of it. So I I can have the darndest things delivered right to my door. But, you know, if I want to find a cream soda, good freaking luck. (laughs) You know, like getting a Dr. Pepper's hit and miss over here at the Tiendita. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they're there. Sometimes they're in stock. It's like, oh, oh, go boy, Dr. Pepper. Yeah. You know, and then I'll go and grab some ice and just be like, you know, pour it up and just be like, ah, oh, Dr. Pepper. Sometimes. Do you think it's that uncertainty though that makes it taste a little sweeter? Possibly, I think. Uh. No, it's just not having the access to it. You know, like, uh, and it's not that like it's not like oh, we don't have Dr. Pepper in Mexico. <laughs> it's not nothing, you know, it's nothing like that. It just happens to be where I live in Mexico. Yeah, uh, which you obviously know, Chuck. You've been here. You, you come all yeah. the time. Um, you have, uh, you have your own setup here, but, uh, 
honestly, those are some of my fun, fondest memories too. Like, like, you know, just when I've had to learn to do without or be patient, you know, like, like mm-hmm. I, I remember the first time I went to a store there that was like closed in the middle of the day, you know, and I, and I was wanting to get my car fixed and, you know, I just had to sit down and wait a couple hours. Like yeah. I'd never hey, do man. that in Nashville. They're on siesta, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, not where I come from. Yeah. Like, no, but you're here. Like I would pitch a fit <laughs> in Nashville. Like from you know, one to three people are on siesta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to get anything from anyone from one to three. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you might as well just, yeah. when you can't beat them, join, <laughs> join them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with it. No, it definitely is like, like, I guess I look at it in a romantic way, but, uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting to visit that some more later. Uh, like I love, you know, you can give us that insight, uh, too, from Mexico there, but, uh, but yeah, definitely appreciate everyone listening in and, um, you know, you guys hit us with those, uh, ideals for new shows and, uh, hope we enlightened ideas. you. I said ideas. <laughs> no, you said ideals. We're going to go back and listen to that. I'm <laughs> just giving you our time. I'm always going to give you our time. <sighs> it's like I'm illiterate I'm in two languages. Ass. You are. Uh, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. If you have any new ideas, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just... Hey, you said it, you said it to me once too. You know, your friends will tell you how it is, straightforward, right? Mm-hmm. Not behind your back. Baby. Yeah, your real friends stab you in the front. I will say that. Oscar Wilde <laughs> said that, but he also took it in the rear too. So, <laughs> <laughs> is that true? It's just a fact. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about that guy. Wasn't he like an author or something? Yeah, he's the shit, dude. Yeah, he's pretty slick. But yeah, he he he. Swung, Did he like he men or something? That way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> 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 <Bye>, Papa. <laughs> Figured I'd, I'd oh, go ahead and add that, but no, no, I definitely appreciate that, and I, I am working on that. I have no idea where the hell that comes from, but it it pops back up sometimes. But. Uh, um, so this was an awesome episode. I know it's, uh, you know, it's probably not the most, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know how to put it, but just, uh, entertaining or fun or, or, you know, whatever episode, uh, compared to some of the other ones we've been doing lately, but we definitely wanted to talk about the game crash a little bit and there'll probably be some, you know, meta topics within the game crash at large that we'll revisit. It's just nuts, man. A gaming crash. Yeah. I don't know. We need to, don't need to rehash it all over again. Yeah. I mean, one hell of a crash and burn. 97%. I've got ET on the emulator in here. I want to see how long, I wonder how long I could take it. God. <laughs> Before you lose your mind and punch the screen. <laughs> Let me go find oh, that's that. That's funny. Tracker. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I need to rewatch that movie, it, it, but it would be interesting. I remember him having this thing, like he communicated with his home planet somehow with like a, a, a toy from that time. It's called the Sea and Say, I think, or something like that. Seek and Say. I'll have kid. to go back yeah. and watch it too, man, because I, I don't even remember. I mean, I know I've seen E.T., but yeah. Just think about if Drew Barrymore, if, if like it was your third grade girlfriend or something at that time, like that's what I was. I had a huge crush on her too, man. Oh my god, it's okay. I still do. I know that's really why you want to go and watch it again. Yeah, you're right. All right, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> Signing out. All right, well let's wrap this thing up. Awesome, Chuck. Thank you, man. I'm looking forward to our next episode, and thank you, everyone. Hasta la próxima. Yeah, see you, everyone. <laughs>